johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. We are back with another issue of Sports Insider Radio. We took off last week. It was a rare week. We're going to get into it. We're going to, we had our mini moon. You had a mini, you had a mini moon. I had a radio mini moon. It was the first time I haven't been on the radio on a Wednesday in probably 10 years. So, uh, how's it feel? I have a, a married man. We, on the, on the show with me now, I'm in, uh, um, fifty percent of this this staff is married here now. So, how's it feel to be married? Nothing changed. I mean, it's the it's the same thing. It just has more of a, a meaning, I guess, when I tell it people and introduced her as my wife and not my fiance. Which fiance and wife, you're pretty much already there. We were engaged for eighteen months, so not much has changed. It's uh, it's it's important that I got it out of the way in the summer. I can't even imagine if it had been football season and I had to go through with all the insanity. So, you know, this business, it gives you a little bit of a break in the summer to really refresh and, and get dialed in because we all know as soon as that first week of NFL comes, that's we're off to the races and it's all the way through end of March Madness. Well, now you have to see if you're as good as I am because I planned my kids post Super Bowl. My son was born February 9th, and my daughter was born February 16th. So let's see if you can time that one. The wedding nah, one not gonna, that that one's not kids, a time. When you have that's the, not going to be a time kids. thing. Uh, that's not going to be a time thing. Whenever happens, it happens. That I'm not with at least with a wedding. It's a scheduled event, so you know that that's something I'm not going to really put my hands into don't you know whatever happens in the right timing will happen but baseball's here we've been we've been grinding every single day i mean everybody thinks it's uh it's cupcake time in baseball where they could just pick favorites and they could make money and they it's a they get a rude awakening of how hard it is to pick favorites not saying that there's guys out there that are not successful with it but they're very spot betting. I mean, when we had Troy come on the show, he might release five, six games a month, if that, during baseball. And there's other guys that uh, have different strategies. But overall, I do think that 
there's so many different opportunities because between um, drawing consensus from our syndicate groups on one side and playing favorites to then on the other side, we have an underdog model that's just underdogs. And then we have an overs model that's just over. So if you're categorizing everything and you're really trying to bet one to two percent per game and you're not over leveraging anything, you do have an advantage because you're not putting any individual emphasis on a particular game where we've seen it a million times. I mean, I have clients call me all the time. They go, did you watch these games? I said, no. What do you mean? Did you see that they hit a, they were two outs, two strikes, bottom of the ninth, and he hit a home run. Like That's part of it. You're, you're dealing with stuff that is uncontrollable. All you could do is get your money in good with the right price and and really just work off the volume side of it versus try to, you know, put 10%. Like I get calls all the time. Call, well, yeah, yeah, I do a 10% per bet. Well, what happens when you lose 100%, which is 10 bets? Well, I just reload. So they really don't have any sort of mindset of a business. They're strictly funding and refunding their accounts over and over and over, and they realize why they never have to pay taxes at the end of the year when the sports book sends them a 1099. They, they wonder why they're not in the plus, and they have to pay back some of their winnings versus only getting losses year after year. So you would think people are getting smarter now that it's more legal, um, but Listen, the, the times are changing. I don't know if you heard in Maryland, where we are located for all the new listeners, as of July 1st, medical marijuana is completely legal. Completely legal. There's no more medical card. You don't need anything. Now, I'm not a smoker. I've been sober for now seven years. But there's a 35% tax on buying it. So think about that. People are going in, it's completely legal, and they're willing to pay a 35% tax. I could see this being with, with sports betting. You know, at some point, if you're going to get in the game, you're going to have to pay a high tax to to obtain the certain information that we get. So, you know, it's it's the times are changing. If you told me this 20 years ago, that you would be able to walk into any store and without even a medical card to purchase medical marijuana, I would be shocked. I would be just as shocked if you told me that I would be able to log into an app right here from my office and legally bet on anything and everything that I want in game, pregame, second half, everything at your disposal. I mean, even five years ago, we were trying to get clients to conform to betting second halves in football and they couldn't even get it in because their man would send them a sheet Sunday morning like it's 1980 and basically say, here are the lines that are only available, and they wouldn't even be able to bet overnight prices. So the times are changing. It's, uh, it's fascinating to see what, it's, what it is today, and I'm, I can't even imagine what 20 years from now what we're going to be looking at. Well, you know, imagine, you know, talking about kids. I have an 18-year-old and a 15-year-old, and 
they basically are exposed to everything and anything. It's like there's no uh, hands off. It's it's you know we've already had this discussion because obviously you know you've always been able to access things illicitly, but now it's just ridiculous, and uh, it's definitely a new world we're living in. That's for sure. I'm I'm like you. It's not really my thing. So. Um, but it will be interesting, especially with the driving, to see how that's, uh, you know, in Vegas, they had their little heyday. I was there the week it actually became legal. It was also in July. Um, I literally, and lines were around the corner. And then it's like, eh, the flash and panache wears off. And it's no different than driving by a liquor store. Who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's now, what is interesting? What is interesting is the states that are still holding on, i.e., gambling, i.e., uh, so we'll stick to the game. You know, we have big betting groups, and you know, it's iron. The irony is the largest bettors in the world that we deal with are in the Bible Belt, and you talk about hypocrisy at its finest. And uh, you know, beside Tennessee and Mississippi in that little area, everything else is hands off. You know, no wagering in Alabama, no wagering in Georgia. Uh, you know, and, and, and no wagering in Kentucky except horse racing, unless I'm wrong. If somebody, I have to look at the list again. But, you know, it is no wagering in Texas, which is just insane. Um, then you have California, the big, you know, the two biggest states in the, in the country still don't have legal wagering, which is just amazing. Obviously, it doesn't keep anybody from playing, but it, it is amazing that you're, you still live in this like, uh, prohibition world where, one state, everything goes, and the other state, nothing goes. Um, but from a betting point of view, like I said, you know, I, I still go back to we skipped last week. I want to keep the show positive. We got a lot, a lot of good things going on in the background with our sources and our betting groups. Um, but, you know, I have this conversation with people all the time, which is, uh, you know, the, the concept of parlaying yourself to riches. Uh, you know, I had a lady call the other day. And uh, started with $700 in her legal offshore wagering account and hit a nine-teamer last week and thinks it's easy. She's got 13000 in her account as of yesterday. I have no idea what she did yesterday because she's not a client of mine because she knows it all. She doesn't need the help. And this is easy. Um, so I will, you know, it is interesting how you you still have to get over that parlay hump the way the business is being marketed, especially the legal sports wagering, it's all based upon parlays, parlays, taking a small amount of money, turning into a large amount of money versus, you know, you going to my website uh, for all the listeners, you know, you go to my website, uh, johnsyndicate.com or ericpathy.com, my first and last name. I actually bought my name and, 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 and pointed it to the website so I could just give somebody my name when they ask for the website. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I have daily, weekly, monthly service now, but the main stuff, the telegram, you have to have that $10,000 bankroll. You have to deal with me directly one-on-one. You have to fill out the form. And, you know, I'll tell you, Mike, you know, you know, I think a lot of people got to get burnt before they're willing to surrender and um, take it as a business, let's put it that way. Because, Looking here at our baseball record, we're currently hitting 42% with an average pick odds of $154 to the plus side. You're, we're 103 and 142. 
which is exactly 42%, and we are plus 9.96 units. So imagine that. You're down 30 games, basically, and you're up 10 units. And But a lot of people don't want that. They want to hit that. They want to hit those 19 parlays. And, again, you were down in Miami. You were in Florida. It's not legal in Florida. Um, obviously, people can use their apps. But, you know, people will get on the boats in football season, and they'll go out in the international waters, and they'll bet the NFL games. We're talking to a guy that used to do that every week. Can you imagine wasting your whole day getting on a boat, going out to shore to be in international waters to bet? But then you, you can't just bet and leave. you got to stay the entire day on the boat. And no matter how much you win on the games, you're going to blow it all on the casino player blackjack. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it goes both ways. I mean, sometimes you hit that hot shoe in blackjack and you do win. <laughs> there's no skill. I mean, I know there's money management skill that, that uh, one of our close friends, Don, who has utilized it for years, but I'm not that advanced. So to me, it's strictly entertainment. And if I come away... A winner for the evening, great, but there's there's really no skill to it, uh, in my opinion, or at least from you know my expertise. Same thing when I play slots. I know there's skilled players involved that have discipline and they stand up. For me, it's I'm standing up after I hit the bonus, and I'll keep feeding the machine until that bonus hits, which sometimes could get very very pricey. But with sports, I have the ultimate discipline. I mean, the guy that you're talking about used to fly to the Bahamas. Um, it's an easy flight from Florida. He gets there, he gets the hang for the day, smoke cigars, eat good food, bet on NFL, and cash his tickets and, and go right back. So that's the old school philosophy. People had to fly to Vegas that weren't near Florida because flying to the Bahamas would be too long. People would be flying into Vegas for the weekend. People would be flying into um, um, Reno, for the weekend, you know, people flew into Atlantic city for the weekend. You know, it's, uh, uh, as recent as four, four years ago, cause they were one of the first ones. So, you know, I don't know the traffic that Vegas still gets because like, what's the point? Why spend all that extra, unless you're doing it for other reasons, unless you're there for a trip, a conference, uh, getaway, that in, in that sense, and I, and I understand, obviously, when you're there for March Madness, like we've been for multiple years now, how exciting it is and how much energy is in every single sports book. And, you know, me, I love that that crazy prop bet where it's whoever gets the 15 points first. And I just I load up with dogs. And again, there's not really any strategy to it except my own internal strategy where I'm pretty good at. But again, that's all short term. That's not something that can be replicated for the entire year. It's more of a hit and run approach. But with 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 sports and how much I've learned from some of the the best screen readers in this industry is finding my own positive EV trades during football midweek. I mean, I've been the understudy of of Dave for a very long time. Um, I've learned a lot from him. I've sat in on the mentorship courses. I believe that I could do it myself. The only thing that I don't do myself is in-game. Pre-game, I could find edges all day long. Um, 
in game, it's a whole different animal. It's much harder. It's much more time evasive. And I just don't need to spread myself. Then I have people for that. They can get me those in game, in game lines on, on the accounts that are, that are managed. So, but pregame, come college football, you know, we're locking up the market on Monday and Tuesday for the weekend. Same thing with the NFL. We do a lot of post betting also because the public and the handle is so big that the money fluctuates a lot when it comes to with NFL and college football. But for right now, I'm still, you know, uh, on the pink cloud last, uh, last couple weeks have been crazy, but very fulfilling and exciting. And it couldn't have been any better weather for that. And, you know, we're just chucking along, man. I mean, a lot of clients of mine have already joined for, to get that early bird rate for football, which obviously, as they know, it's extremely, extremely profitable. I mean, getting all that education along with all the strategies that I'm offering is definitely going to make somebody a lot, a lot of money during football season. So for right now, it's, it's the, the summertime for the first time. I think it's raining in like a month. It seems like it's supposed to rain for the next couple of days, which we needed. Uh, it's been really dry out here. So, you know, just in, enjoying and being present and, and getting really refueled for this, uh, for this upcoming football season, because I know we haven't had a, a Raven segment here in a couple of weeks. A lot of good things for my team. A lot of positives. Well, let's get in. Let's lot. we can jump. Let's get into it. Let me hear it. Let me hear. So the off-season workouts going amazing. Lamar is 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 really taking in the Moncton uh, offense. For those that don't know, Todd Moncton was hired as a new offensive coordinator for the Ravens. He used to be the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Bucks when they put up some really good passing numbers with Jameis Winston and uh, Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson and uh, Chris Godwin. This is years ago before Tom Brady. And then he had, he had gone to the university of Georgia where he won back to back national championships, which as you know, in college is very hard to do again, very creative, open style pro offense, Still a decent running game, but a really strong passing game. So I'm just excited. Seeing Lamar in a new offense, like we've been saying for years, the offensive coordinator sucks. We don't have receivers. I mean, all these excuses, which were very valid, but they were still like the what-ifs. Well, now Lamar has a very deep wide receiving court. Questionable if they stay healthy. That's really on everybody's Number one concern, can they stay healthy? Can they put it together? Well, right now they're all healthy. So I'm going into the year with high expectations. Just so you know, Mike, it seems like your headset is uh, not giving you a good connection. I don't know if you want to switch to your handheld, but uh, you're you're fading in and out. What about now? No? No, you're, you're, yeah. What about now? Perfect. Go ahead. So... With uh, a reloaded wide receiving core, Lamar has Odell Beckham, who, before he got hurt for the Rams, definitely was a huge contributor on that team as a, uh, a second wide receiver to Cooper Cup. 
when they won it all. He got hurt, actually, in the Super Bowl after he got traded from the Browns. I mean, he had a very, very good year. Nelson Aguilar very had a really good career, and when he was drafted by the Eagles, definitely was uh, a disappointment in Las Vegas. So coming here, maybe they'll change uh, a different opportunity, different coach, different environment. Hopefully he comes through. Bateman, before he got hurt, definitely a talent. Zay Flowers, number one pick, definitely a talent. Um, and then you have J.K. Dobbins, who's coming off uh, a really good year after coming back from that gruesome knee injury. Him and Gus Edwards are back. Offensive line is is back. I mean, there's really no excuses. You turn to the defense. We signed our Ray Lewis 2.0. Yes, it's I could say that. Roquan Smith is the number one by far, I would say, defensive player in the league outside of a pass rusher. So to, to have that notion, obviously, is he's never going to be Ray. Ray is one of a kind, a generational-type talent, but he is that good. So you put all that together, we are in a very hard division. Um, you can't sleep on the Bengals. You can't sleep on the Browns right now. I mean, the, do I think on paper we're better than the Browns? Sure, but we could easily lose to them. And same thing with. Well, let me uh, let me a, let me ask you let me ask you a question since uh, you know you don't make any secret about your sobriety. You're talking about Ray Lewis. This is the question my son asked me. I ask you on the air. So Ray Lewis mm-hmm. the third unfortunately passed away, and they ruled it an accidental overdose. So obviously we, we I'm, we're, me and you will assume it was probably something fentanyl uh, lace related. The question is. Why wouldn't an overdose be an accidental? I think that they should stop calling overdoses accidental because if it was not accidental, then it's suicide. Otherwise, it's just an overdose. I mean, don't, you're a guy in sobriety. Don't you agree? I mean, accidental. Well, it's a, you, kind of like a, it happens a lot, man. I mean, people have no anticipation of doing the things that they do. They might not be full-blown addicts and they do something as a recreation for the evening and it's laced with something else and their body can't handle um, the strength of it. And then that's been happening quite frequently over the last three, four years where fentanyl has been basically thrown into anything and everything. So it's sad. Um, you know, my prayers are with the Lewis family. Um, it, it sucks. I mean, it's just, I, I see it more and more just because, you know, I'm in recovery myself. So I, people in my, you know, that I know, I, I see it quite frequently. So, you know, it, it just sucks. I mean, I don't know if there's a, a really a solution for any of it. Um, it's something that is, you know, a cancer and it, it keeps growing and, you know, there's not much the government could do it to slow it down because the black markets are are putting it on the street, and it's it's a killer. It's unlike anything we've dealt with before. I mean, even with the drugs for for many many years, for decades that were out there, yes, they the people overdosed and definitely died, but it was much less frequent um, because the, these new lace drugs, these that are created in labs are so much stronger than anything else. Stuff like this accidental overdose happens a lot more than you think. So 
hopefully there's more awareness. I guess that's really the only thing that you could really do as a parent um, is to have more awareness and, and more kids understand that they should just not be randomly sampling anything off the street because of it could it could be laced with something and and that's not something that I was you know I grew up with none of that stuff was even available so I'm just fortunate to to where I am I have more appreciation for um for what I've worked very hard on and how much commitment that I've put into the changing of my life which you know I don't have to be a you know, uh, a memory on Facebook. I don't want to be a, a, you know, one of those comments that said, you know, he was missed. And then people comment on my page for, you know, a couple weeks and then you're forgotten. So, Oh, a hundred percent. We know too many people. Now, too. I just wanted to throw that out there since you were talking about Ray yeah, Lewis. Yeah. Let me ask you, sure. let's switch to uh baseball for the moment. So, it's not even close. The most profitable team in baseball is the Baltimore Orioles, as they were last year. But this year, they're just destroying the books, plus $1,316 for the season. Just to put that in perspective, Tampa Bay is number one in the AL East, and they are plus $688 for the season. And uh, the difference is Tampa Bay has only been a underdog 10 times, while... Baltimore is 17 and 18 as an underdog. Yes, they are 26 and 7 as a favorite, but actually most of the money comes from the 17 wins as a dog, as in last night as well. Um, the question is, are we going to just talk about them being good betting value? Do you think they have any postseason hopes? Uh, you know, 90, oh, you know, 69, 71 games into the season. Tough to say. Um, you start to see a lot of these uh the pitchers that are studs right now that are just like lights out man it's you could just see the writing on the wall these top guys are in mid-season form tough to score on them the only way these guys are losing is if they're if they're not getting run support but they're just not getting a lot of a lot of runs scored on them i mean like last night Garrett Cole just was tremendous. Um, you could just see it. I mean, the guy is just so in rhythm. And the only thing that hurts these guys is getting hurt. Or if they don't get run support and they get taken out, you know, because they pitched a great game, but they pitched too many, too many, uh, um, too many uh, pitches. So then they're on the pitch count and they get taken out. So, um yeah, the reality is, I I know for a fact that in a seven game series, um, anything could happen, and you have to have good strong pitchers toward the end of the year. So, for now, you know, I, I don't like to really. I'm not a big props guy. Not to think ahead, you know. I uh, I, I want to make sure that that I'm focused for the time being and in the zone for what's happening at the moment. And and hopefully that uh, get us right to football season. And speaking of props, uh, we know some people that cashed in uh, nice, mightily, and nicely on the uh, Denver the Denver Nuggets prop. Yeah, of course, that was a monster prop. Um, 
they were getting very good odds, good EV value before the season. Uh, sorry, before the playoffs started, they were ten to one. So you know, a couple buddies of mine, uh, including our good friend Micah Smith, they had a, a very good, healthy wager, is what I like to call it, on the Nuggets. At any point, you know, my buddy was like. Do we ever cash out? You know, do we ever hedge? And as Michael will tell him, never, ever, ever hedge unless you're getting positive EV value. And at no point during the postseason was there any positive EV value on the hedge on any opponent of the Nuggets. And I'm happy to see it. You know, Dave got to see them in, I think it was game, I can't remember. It wasn't a closeout game. Um, where they won the they won a finals game, but I can't remember if he was there for a game that they closed it out. I don't think it was a closeout game, but for him to see it in action, I mean that's got to be a cool experience. I know I was actually in um, in Miami on my mini moon when they closed it out. So uh, you know what, he was there. Yes, now I, I do remember because he was sending me tickets. He was there for the closeout, so it's got to be cool to have that type of action on a play at a closeout game in the finals and be able to see it in person. So I know he doesn't really care about that type of stuff to him. It's more just, it just another trade, but for me, um, it, it was a lot more. So really cool to see, um, you know, we didn't hit the last couple big time props. I needed, uh, my man Richardson, to go number one in the NFL draft. That didn't quite happen. He was up there, but he wasn't number one. And um, that would have been a really nice payout. But again, this, that's what we do. We're, we're taking buyouts um, with these props. And same thing with golf with Micah Smith. He sends out, you know, he might lose two or three tournaments in a row. And then, and then uh, you know, he hits a big one. I mean, he had a couple of really strong props last weekend. Um, the Sharp saw a lot of value at, at uh, plus 195 to get two hole-in-ones, two or more hole-in-ones at the, the U.S. Open. Um, then there was another prop. It was slightly even money. I think it was plus 105 for one hole-in-one to happen. And it was really good value considering there is a very short par three, so you know these guys are magicians. And if you're giving them you know, 120 yards to, to hit an exact mark, they're going to find it. And, man, they, there was two on the first day. So they cashed both those tickets for – the key was getting the money down. And I think I saw one for eight and one for nine. So that was a healthy payout as well. You know, again, it's, it's, that's what these Sharps do. They're finding market inefficiencies. And even if it doesn't hit, they're happy about the outcome if they did the homework correctly. Got interesting. Okay. Well, you know, like I said, from a from a betting point of view, like what what I wanted to talk about now is a lot of people's time frame, right? Time frame, which is, you know, I was watching, uh, I think CNBC yesterday, and somebody was saying like the average uh, expected return on the S and P five hundred is, you know, if you invest is seven uh, percent. If you can make seven percent a year, you're doing great. And, you know, and I still go back to too many people versus a guy like Dave and other professional betters that we deal with, their their time frame is so long that they don't even get caught up in seasons. Like, 
you know, the whole I'm getting excited for the football season, the reality a professional better doesn't even have a season. Yeah, certain betters will do more volume in football because there's more games. But the, the irony is, is that while everybody loves the NFL, you and I both know that the real volume and the real work that the major betting syndicates use for volume is college sports. I mean, NF, NBA and, and, and NFL don't even – they don't even give you enough volume to succeed if you're trying to achieve edge betting status, positive expectancy, especially NFL, 18 games. I mean, an 18-game season is nothing. So, you know, you know, again, I don't know if you've cracked the code with the people that you're dealing with. Obviously, I've switched the leaf in 2023 where, you know, I'm just not dealing with short-term guys. It's just life is too short to deal with short-termers. I guess I should put that on my website. Life is too short to deal with short-termers. Um, but, you know, it is amazing, man. It's like most of these betters that I deal with, they're just looking to make 400% return in three days. And it's just uh, when I, and when I say I deal with, I mean, I'll, courteously have conversations with before ending the conversation um again you you you've uh signed up a lot of people for for football season but when you do that do you also make them understand that you know it's it's not really football it's all the work that goes into betting on tuesday and wednesday prior to saturday and sunday like i have to explain it like yes i'm on the phone with a client i'm saying you can't bet $500 a game with a $5,000 account balance if you're trying to edge bet on Tuesday and Wednesday for the following Saturday and Sunday, you, there's, you won't have enough money. You, you know, you have to bet 1%, and these guys don't want to hear that. You know, like I talked to a guy yesterday, he says, I bet one to 5000 a game. Now, I knew right there when he said that, that was the depending upon the whole clause that we call that the if I win clause. So when he says I bet one to five thousand dollars a game, what he's saying is he's risk tolerant if he's winning to bet more. So I said, Oh, what's your account balance in whatever legal sports but oh I have six thousand in my account. Well how's the guy betting one to five thousand a game? <laughs> so uh Maybe you can throw some nuggets in there to these guys that are listening to the radio show, either for the first time or the fifth, 15 zillionth time. You know, you just you can't do it, guys. You're not going to be successful. A, hyper-focusing on where you stand on such a small period of time that it just doesn't even matter versus, you know, the eye on the prize, which is can I make 5%, 6%, 7% on every dollar that I spend. Because look, I mean, Dave, it's, you know that video with Dave with Spencer, you know four hundred, five hundred thousand people. You know the the you know what was basically covered in that video is what everybody overlooks and nobody wants to hear, which is basically if you can make seven percent on your money, meaning you risk a million dollars, you make seventy thousand when all the wins and the losses are done. That's that's one hellish of a return. But most people don't want to understand that if they have a ten thousand dollar account and they spend that whole ten grand. If they make seven hundred dollars, they're rocking and rolling. Well, it's just—I uh, think it's bad math, bad logic. Um, these guys are just so um, sucked into, you know, the day-to-day. I mean, I, I talk to clients. I, I had a client for for a month, and he had a month subscription just on a little trial. And you know, when I spoke to him at the end of the month, as I always do, and I, I, I usually communicate with people weekly, he was a little bit hard to 
um, to to track down week to week. He wouldn't really respond to text, so it's hard for me to manage risk and help him if he's making mistakes, whatever that may be. And I talked to him, and he goes, well, you started off losing. Because I asked him what his profit targets were. I said, well, uh, started off losing is not a profit. He goes, well, you know, I, I, I don't really play all your games. And I'm like, well, what's the point? Like, I, I try to understand, like, so if you're dealing with an advisor on Wall Street and he tells you to, you know, this is what we're going to invest your money in, this is what, and you tell him, well, I'm not, I'm not really interested in, in Tesla, you know, not really, not really interested in Apple, um, you know, they don't seem like, you know, I'm you know, I, ba- I baited you with this conversation. I, I was baiting you into what we spoke about yesterday. So tell the listeners the great Netflix show and, that you watched and how you just found it to be absolutely wild. And this leads into the unrealistic expectations and unrealistic returns. Tell me about your TV viewing habits with you and the wife this weekend. And um, so the, the reality, you know, I watch, I, I watch the actual show. It's a three-part series of Bernie Madoff about how he took investment money, never made a single trade. And I was just fascinated with how people could be that gullible to to go through with something, not see any real financial... And again, this is, you know, early 2000s. So it's, you know, the, the whole, um, you know, uh, virtual slash, you know, the internet connected way of you seeing your money every day, basically logging in the e transactions, you can kind of see it go up and down now that it's all standard. Obviously, it's much harder, but back in the day when they were just basically sending them financials two weeks after a trade was made and the people just bought into it, um, was just fascinating to me. The fact that everything was based around him making the trades for you and telling you for 20 years that he's growing your accounts and really was just a Ponzi scheme. Well, the reality is this is the complete opposite. We're trying to give you 100% control. We're giving you the information of how to be successful, how to manage risk, how to be able to put in the trades yourself so you're not overwhelmed, but you're still basically have 100% control of your investment. What doesn't, one has nothing to do with the other. Um, You brought it up because I just, while watching, I was just fascinated by the whole business and how people are gullible. And that's really what it, 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 my point of this is people are just simply naive. They just don't get it. And when I ask about, I talk with math, they respond with emotional uh, the standard emotional comment. I didn't win in the beginning. You weren't winning enough. So well, here's the record. This is the dollar amount that I won. I could show you every single game. Well, I don't bet some of the games, and it's, it's always excuses. There's no transparency when all I do is provide transparency. So it's like, and then it always turns to basically an argument and then they tell me how much they're making on their own betting five team parlays, and they're very good strategists. So it's, you know, it's like you said in the beginning of this 
of this radio show, people have to lose a lot before they get smacked in the head that said their way doesn't work, it's not sustainable, and unless you're literally connected like we are, where we have access to some of the sharpest minds in this industry on this entire planet, in all sports, you're just guessing. You're guessing that your starting pitcher is going to make it nine innings, that you're going to win your 180, 190 cent favorite. You're guessing that you have a feeling about a team because you watch Sports Center and you watch them play every day. There's a reason why these teams lose quite frequently. So, you know, the reality is you really have to stay humble if you want to make money in this business and, and really let the experts do it for you. Well, you know, it's crazy. Um, you look at the av- – I'm reading here while I'm talking to you. The historical average return on the S&P 500 is 8% annually. So that's point six. It's the number of the V's, brother. Point six 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 percent return on your money a month. And then you have people that think they're going to put $500 in an offshore account and hit a 19-team parlay. Now, again, don't get me wrong. For every time I say that, there is someone that does that. Um, But then they never keep the money anyway. They just blow it all back. But, you know, back to talking about underdogs in baseball is uh, our good friend Cal in Kansas City. He also sent me a message for you. He said, it's too bad the Ravens play in the same conference as the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Ooh, he's trying to give it to you, brother. What do you have to say to that? It's, uh, he, he didn't mention <laughs> Josh Allen. He didn't mention Russell Wilson. He didn't mention Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they're out, all of them are in the in over here um, in the AFC, and it's going to be a gauntlet. You know, all you have all you have on the the other side is what you have. Jalen Hurts, you have Dak Prescott. I mean, you really don't have a lot of comp- QB stellar competition in the NFC right now. I mean, it's it's pretty stacked over here. So it, it's going to be fun. I mean, it's football always has that that uh, you know that excitement leading up to it because unlike NBA, people watch the preseason. They might not bet it, but they watch it. People watch the news during training camp. They talk about it. Um, And then before you blink, we have August 8th, where we have the Hall of Fame game. Probably won't see a lot of people playing, but you're going to get some some real football going on. And then, like I said, you know, mid-August, I already did the countdown on my IG channel. You have college football. It just jumps right into it. No preseason. You start to get real football being played, and and that just in itself knows that the fall is coming. At least where we live, the seasons change. So you have that, like, you know, the cooler air out there. That's probably my favorite season. I mean, I, I do love spring coming out of winter, but the fall is by far my favorite season because you have football on the weekends, you have Monday night football. You have that, like, you know, that the excitement that's built up throughout the week for each weekend. Well, right now, I mean, it could be Saturday. It makes no difference to me. I'm doing the same thing I'm doing on a Monday, a Tuesday, that I am on a Saturday or Sunday. Um, I think just more of my friends are off on the weekends um, where I get to hang out with them. But outside of that, I mean, it's just 
you know, it's like Groundhog Day. That's over. You're married now. Forget that. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Our friends. (laughs) Oh, right. It's our friends, right. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the dog record. Cal gives me the numbers every week. Pretty interesting stuff. Favorites are 640 and 462. One, if you bet every favorite, which obviously nobody would, but it's just a what if, you'd risk, you would have risked 1.757 million and you would be down $65,960. Return on risk minus 3.75%. You flip that, you're actually down more if you've played all the dogs. You'd be, you're 462 and 640, but your risk was much less. Your risk was 1.1 million and you'd be down 20 grand less. You'd be down Instead of sixty-five, you'd be down forty-four thousand. Now, here's the interesting thing: when you talk about spot playing and you can't play every favorite, you can't play every dog. Last week we had a break-even week. We made one hundred and sixty-five dollars betting a dime a game, going nine and ten in our underdog system. So we had nineteen. We had some games that were canceled, so we're just not going to count them. We had nine completed plays and that won and 10 completed plays that lo- that lost and when everything was said and done we were plus $165 if you played every underdog last week you were down 9100 bucks if you played every favorite last week you were up $350 so the value of what we do is we're spot playing because, again, if you've played all favorites, you're losing. If you played all dogs, you're losing. Now you understand why the house is in business if you're listening. The sports books make money on either side unless you're spot playing yourself and being very selective about the appropriate teams to play for a very long time. Like you said, you crossed Oakland off the list. Oakland had that one seven-game winning streak, which obviously smashed all the favorite betters. But for the most part, you know, if Oakland came up in the beginning when they were losing every game, you were basically, you just wouldn't even go with it. You were just basically omitting it. I mean, they're 19-56, and 56, down $2,200 for the season. Really not that bad. When you look at other teams, I'm looking for teams that have, are down more money. Kansas City, um, you know, for all everybody talks about Oakland, but people don't talk about Kansas City. Talking about Cal and Kansas City, uh, Kansas City is just as bad as Oakland, and they're actually worse on the money. They're twenty and fifty-three. They're down twenty-six hundred versus twenty-two hundred uh, for the season. And what's really interesting, and I was talking to somebody earlier, is that. The AL Central is completely useless because the top team in the AL Central is down is two games under 500. I mean, imagine being the top team, Minnesota, and you're 36 and 38. You're under 500, and you're the top in your division. That just goes to show you how bad the AL Central is. Every single AL Central team is negative for the season on the pocket. Minnesota, you're down 800. Cleveland, you're down 700. I actually take that back. Uh, the White Sox, minus 1,200. Kansas City, minus 2,600. And the only team that has profit in the AL Central is the Detroit Tigers. How about those guys, man? 31 and 41 plus $325 for the season. Why? Because they've only been a favorite seven times. So they're actually a little bit of a surprising team from the dog betting value side of it. Um, and you look at all the other teams that are down well over, you know, useless money, and you see like uh, – 
it's really hard to be super profitable in baseball unless you're a dog the majority of the time. Arizona is second to Baltimore, and they're up 1100 bucks. So Baltimore still has them beat. That's why I'm, I'm surprised. I know you like to be, uh, you're trying to be a politician with Baltimore. You wouldn't do that with the Ravens. You're not really giving the Orioles that much credit like you would if the Ravens were rolling in that season. To me, it looks Listen, like man, it's very it just... undervalued to be not betting. You should really be looking at a futures play on on Baltimore, which I'm actually going to look at, not from a fan point of view, but just they're, you're probably getting a lot of great value. You are. I don't know if you're getting great value at this point um, because they're they're rolling. If you got them in the beginning of the season, you're definitely getting really good value. I'm just not a baseball guy, man. As much as it, the excitement is in this city, um, a lot of my friends are very into it. I'm on group texts where they're, you know, constantly, you know, watching each you know and every that game. They, they sell more Oriole. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I don't want to say memorabilia, uh, fan clothes, then, mm-hmm. like, they literally outsell the Yankees, they outsell Boston. Like, people just love really? the bird. Like, yeah, like when I, I fly never knew that, to no. Vegas, people are walking around wearing the Orioles uh, stuff. I mean, it's just, it's it's amazing. It's I'm actually colors. looking right now. Like it, you know. Huh? It's good colors. So I'm not you know, surprised, and it's, uh, but I am surprised that they beat the Yankees and the Red Sox just because it's much bigger population. Well, what's interesting is that for all those years, people were talking about payroll, 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 payroll. And um, it just goes to show you, I mean, they're getting the last laugh. Now, granted, they haven't won a World Series since I was 10 years old and you were born, but that's a whole other story. Um, So, you know, is it the payroll? Because who's the most expensive payroll in baseball right now? Is it still the Yankees? The Dodgers or the Yankees, either or. Yeah, uh, it's definitely well. I mean, the Orioles is way down there on the uh, the lowest, you know, the rung of all. You know, I just go back to like I said for people overlooking them on futures odds. I'm trying to bring it up. I'm actually logged into a legal app of while I'm talking to you. Um, I'll tell you, wow, they don't. You can't. Even, what do you? Okay, I found them. What do you think they are to win the World Series? Hundred dollar bet right now. Plus uh, twelve to one. Plus four thousand. Okay. All right. And they have the Atlanta Braves as the favorite at plus three eighty. Followed by the Dodgers at plus four forty, which is and then Tampa Bay plus four fifty. So you got Tam and then you know, and you can see the Orioles are definitely not scared of Tampa Bay. No, they're down right now. They're down four oh. Who's down four oh? The Orioles are down four nothing right now. Yeah, well, so what? It's early, you know. I'm just making a point. No, when you no, look I'm at just that, saying. Uh, it's just, they're when down you look at the, when you look at the top of the AL East, and you're going to talk about one team is plus four fifty and one team is plus four thousand. First and second. That's a. You're telling me there's no value on playing the Orioles? No, there is for sure. You know, I don't see Atlanta. I don't see Atlanta winning the world. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see Atlanta is not doing anything to impress me. I mean, they're 47 and 26. Of course, and the Dodgers, they're 40 and 33. They're up eight games into the second. They're, the, they're minus money like they always have been, not performing, and they still haven't reduced their odds, which is 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 crazy to me. 
But again, I know I bored you to death with baseball. I know you're not a baseball guy, but we're playing baseball every day. Uh, how many games did we release on our Underdog Channel today? Uh, underdog Channel received three games. Three games. Anything early or no? No. Got it. So, you know, again, like I said, for all you long-termers out there, again, you know, that's the way to go. When it comes to, you know, baseball betting, I am completely, uh, I think I've proven it over and over again. Yes, you can make money on the favorite side. It's going to be a lot harder. What really is enlightening is Cal's numbers showing that the books basically don't care. They they made 4% on the dogs. They made 4% on the favorites. They don't care how you try to skin the cat unless you're very being very disciplined and you have a real system where you can have a week last week that if you bet every underdog last week, you lose you lose $9,100, and we make $165 being disciplined, picking and choosing. We had a great Monday. We actually took off Tuesday. When I say we took off, sometimes the best bet you make is the one you don't make. And, you know, that's one of the things with the newbie bettors, I think is the biggest issue is that they they uh they love it man they want to wager you know 7 days a week unlike the financial markets I always go back to that never close you know I mean they do close excuse me on Saturday and Sunday you know the the, the stock market trading world is 20 days a month not 30 or 31 this is 365 um so uh you know, and it's global. Talking about global, one of the clients asked me, when does soccer come back in full force again? And what do you think about Miami with the MLS getting uh, signing that uh, monster and tickets going for gazillions of dollars? Well, he's going to be uh, – he is going to make a billion dollars this year. A I billion. mean, sorry, a billion dollars total from the deal. So – it's pretty cool. I think it's. Uh, I mean, we've seen this before. Um, guys come over all the time. Beckham came into and, L.A. at one point. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's happened before. Well, the now he there, owns Miami, you know, so it's kind of funny. But yeah, go ahead. yeah. It's, so it's it's more of a long term play for these guys. They realize they're like toward the end of their career. So um, I don't know. You know, it's 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 exciting because he just won the World Cup last year, so it's not washed up. But um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plans out. Pans out. Now we got a minute left before the music comes. When's the full soccer season back in full effect? In a month. In a month. Yep. Got it. Well, like I said, uh, you know, again, we're all getting excited for football. The people that are excited for football, like Mike and everyone else on the planet, me. Whether it's football, basketball, baseball, I don't care. The only thing I really, like I said, I've I've worked hard for years to try to get hockey information. You know, it it is amazing if you're a hockey fan. You know, you live in Las Vegas, die hard, but it it certainly doesn't move the market globally or locally. This is your edition of Sports Insider Radio. We'll be back next week, Mike. To your second week of marriage. Good day, good luck.